Week three, week three. Let's get down to breakdowns of the wide receivers. My wide receiver three is a combination this week. Has to do with a change from Miami, a running back, and Quentin Johnston. Why is this important? Look, week, week two, A-Chain gets back in. He only runs, he only gets six snaps. Hmm. Against Denver, week three, he gets 30 snaps. This is a guy who will, he's not going to get you to 30, 40, 50, 60. Depending on what kind of league you're in, it ranges between 30 all the way up to 60. I don't know if it's 70, but 60 points because of how and what he did catching, receiving. I believe this is a young man who will contribute. Uh, He's not going to take over the starting role, but he is going to get more than six snaps. And I believe the Miami Dolphins had 100 plays last week, and he received 30 of those 100 plays. I don't believe that is going to be a sustainable snap count. I would imagine he would probably get between 15 to 17 snaps. But I do not believe he's going to get 200 yards, again, rushing for all those touchdowns. I just don't see that happening. You don't think week to week we can rely on four touchdowns and 200-plus total yards? Is that what you're trying to say to me? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. Okay, all that's, right. That's I mean, fool's, we'll see. That's fool's goal. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Situational <laughs> football with A-Chain. And then that moves me into Quentin Johnson. Week two, uh, two he had 10 snaps. Week three, 16. Because of the situation by Mike Williams, now he is thrusted into that number three spot. So I would imagine probably 20-plus 20 20 snaps per game. I would imagine that his role will increase. He will start to get a little bit more hands-on. They will learn what he can, what he can't do. And the only way you can do that is by getting him more snaps, getting him more opportunities, less roles of when he's in the game, he's getting the ball, but now he's just part of the play, not the ball is going to him when he's in the game. Right, because my immediate question is, sure, he slides into that wide receiver three role, but if you look at the pecking order, I mean, Keenan Allen had 18 receptions on 20 targets this week. Palmer steps up. They've got Everett, who they've they've liked since he got there. They, every time they get to the red zone, Herbert's been locked in on Parham uh, all season thus far. And Eckler's been out, but when he comes back, he's a big part of the receiving game as well. So even if he's out there just running routes, how does that help him? I'm not even talking the fantasy aspect of it, but how does that help him acclimate to the NFL? Well, it, it works for both fantasy and regular, you know, okay. regular football is his impact will be week to week. And it also depends on his opponent. Obviously, there are some defenses that are better than others. Depending on the opponent, depending on the game plan, is the emphasis running a football or is the emphasis passing a football? We're not sure. And so that when you're not sure, when you're not actually in the huddle, in the plays, in the meetings, you don't know the game plan. And did you know the Minnesota Vikings are ranked 18th in the NFL Prior to week three, it blitzing. Man-to-man coverage, 31. Ranked 31. They run man-to-man coverage 20%. Talk about you just don't know week to week. Man, they blitz 
Justin Herbert, 82% of the time, out of his 50 drop-back passes. Week to week, you cannot predict what's going on. How much of that is it's a new D.C. in Minnesota and I, he's trying to I install? No, I, 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 you know what I mean? Well, week, the D.C. is your guy. That's what I mean. And from, from knowing him in New England – it was always like we're going to slow roll. It's going to be very base the first month of the season, and then we're going to add more more blitzing, more complex coverages and schemes. And Minnesota's defense, just the personnel, even last year, wasn't very good to begin with. So how much of that is like, yeah, I'm trying to put forward uh, a new scheme back here. I just don't have my kind of horses yet. I'm using as an example of week to week because you just got just don't know. So with these two guys – Gives back to these two guys. I'm not going to say start them. I, I I don't even know if stashing them is right. I, I think you just kind of flex them, right? You look at those guys and say, hey, you got to expect that flex. That's going to be six to ten points. Now, I don't know if that's something that you – that's enough in a flex position that you can utilize. But to put these guys in a starting position, you're going to be disappointed not because these guys will disappoint you, is the role as starter in your fantasy and the role that they're in is not starting role. Yeah, with QJ, definitely a stash to me. I'd much rather be a week late than a week early with him because he's going to put up some zeros, some ones, some twos. Yeah. And that's just the product of his where he's at right now in his career. I don't today, see that long-term. Not, not, right, not yeah, every today. Day. Just with today. A- with A-Chain, I'm curious because Mostert and Jeff Wilson, who's already hurt, throughout their careers have been banged up. So he's a guy I could see getting that starting role just by staying healthy. Not Again, not this week, but eventually. But with the Dolphins specifically, Mike McDaniel all offseason was on record saying, we got to figure out the run game more. we got to figure out yeah. the run game more. They used that wide zone against the Patriots two weeks ago now, and it was it was hell. So it does seem like he's more committed to running the ball. Mostert, of course, being that lead back right now. But this was a game also against Denver. Waddle didn't even play. So do you see kind of the same pecking order problem happening with Miami once Waddle is back? No, he's Mostert's already shown that he can play. He runs the ball in between the tackles outside. He can catch as well. They're going to continue to keep running the football. They have to. But they're also going to continue to keep going with the high hand. This is a running back. Mike McDaniels is the running back, was the pass court or run game coordinator mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time with Kyle Shanahan and one of the one of the best minds in understanding and seeing how the where and how the running game will be successful against uh, each team each week. Running back by committee has always been that way. When you go back to the San Francisco 49ers, when McDaniel was there, they had Matt Burita. They mm-hmm. had Raheem Moster, mm-hmm. right? They had they had, who else did they have? Jeff they Wilson. Had, um, yeah, they're all Jeff Miami Wilson. now. Yeah. Yes, yes. They had all these guys that keep rotating. And then mm-hmm. now Miami, even last year, they had guys after guys that they will continue to rotate. He believes in having Fresh running backs hit the whole stretch because the more you can do that, the better opens up the play action. For sure. But for me, it wasn't even like, oh, it's a blowout. Let's get the young kids some reps. That was early in the game when it was still technically a game. 
uh, yes. they were getting him involved. So to me, that's where I'm more comfortable playing A-Chain over QJ if I were to have both on my team as, okay. as early as this week. You just heard it straight from Agent 89. Devon A-Chain, maybe not the most consistent week to week. I may disagree. I don't think Buffalo's got any answers for A-Chain. But that's where you come in. You can draw your own conclusion over at Underdog Fantasy. Open that app. Enter promo code WR1. That's wide receiver one. And you'll get a deposit match bonus up to $100. And we're going to slide in a little special line for you for this upcoming's week of games so go on over underdog fantasy download the app open the app sign up deposit and win some cash based on what you heard on cut to it what is something that only comes with being a veteran in terms of moves to make just to create a little bit of extra separation i know they always show like not a full push off with an extension, but just kind of like a Take wrist. Away. Yeah, just like a little ah. Take away. Just, just, yeah. just to try and get out. Like, so what are some Here's, things that can only come with with true game reps? Here's what they call it: it's only pass interference if you extend the hand on offense or defense impede the receiver from mm-hmm. catching the football, or you're running your route and you do this, you lean into the guy. Mm-hmm. Before you go out, mm-hmm. right? You le- he's running with you. You lean into him, ah, just like that. So when you see it, that's also what I talk about: indicator step. Uh-huh. It's an indicator step because it's your step. Why you have to have an indicator step is you're telling you're telling multiple people. You're telling the quarterback that you're about to break. You're telling the the, cor- the corner that you're about to break. You're telling the umpire, this is my pattern. So, right, I may, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proving a pattern, not making it personal. So when I'm proving this pattern is I'm running this indicator step, just like that, right? Nobody's on me. Ah, still running a quick out. Somebody's on me. Ooh, running a quick out. Now, you saw Did you see it? Did you yeah. see the slight difference? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me rewind it. Let me, <laughs> let me rewind it. Indicator step. Oh, now when somebody's on me, look at right. you. See that? You see that? You see this yeah. thing right there? Something small and technical. But wide receiver two, Jaden Reed. The first question. Yeah, boy. What? When Christian Watson does come back, what yeah. happens to Jaden Reed? What happens, perhaps, to Romeo Dubs? What happens to this Packers offense as a whole? I think it just gets better and better. They have all these guys at what under 24, under 25 years old. Right. So look at looking at this. He was last week, week three, he was targeted. Seven times, three catch, three catches, three first down. Unfortunately, two drops. Where does Christian Watson line up? Christian Watson, 2022. Jalen Reed was not there. Mm-hmm. Christian lined up 67% of the time out wide. Only 32% of the time he was in the slot. Reed, 78, basically 79% of the time he's in the slot. They already have Reed 
already in a position that they need him to be before their guy comes. When Reed is there and Watson is there, I would say they you got Watson out wide, Christian right there. I mean, a uh, Christian outside, Reed inside, and you go cool little scissors route. Mm. Boom, he goes that way, they go that way. Now they got all of a sudden, but what you're going to have is Watson with speed, Reed with a little wiggle, right? Give him a little shimmy, mm. corner. Now all of a sudden you got two receivers with two different styles. One's a vertical, one's a horizontal, one's a vertical threat, one's a horizontal threat. All of a sudden things get, things get for the defense, gets fuzzy. It gets interesting. It gets difficult. Because you can't peg a guy. You try, you can lock him down. One guy may get locked down, but then all of a sudden you got to have speed. Then all of a sudden Reed does have that ability. He can run away from you too. Right. You watch the way they're implementing him in this offense without Watson. They're giving him a lot of the creative routes. The routes where he it's a double move. It's a move where he sets him up. He's isolating him. He has to make the defender make a decision now. Linebacker covering him. Corner putting them in motion, all the different things, to me, it's a Watson is Jordy Nelson, Christian, I mean, uh, Reed is Randall Cobb, where you got, you know, a little shiftiness in the inside, but, you know, Cobb back in the day when he was first out of Kentucky, when he first got to Green Bay, and they give it to him 10, 12 yards, and he'll, he'll get out in the open field. Mm-hmm. That's what I kind of see this combination at. I think they're developing a four, four wide, or kind of like what Sean Payton used to do when he was in New Orleans, is you have packages of people. When this, when this package of guys are in, we're going intermediate. When this package is in, we're going, we're going touchdown to intermediate. When this guy's in, it's balls to the wall, it's all goes. Right. So I think that's what they're formulating and trying to figure out and see what's the best route combination with the group of guys once they get all of them back together. So when Watson comes back, Reed, you would still start? I think he's a flex. Okay. He was targeted seven times. Right. Yeah. So what's a starter? Which... A starter is not getting targeted seven times. So you're looking for like nine targets somewhere around there? Yes. Okay. Nine to yeah. ten targets. Okay. And and even in this past happy league, that's still that's still not a lot. Tank Dell, wide receiver one this week. 145 yards, I believe. Five reception, Five 145 yards. Yep. How much of a, a weapon is it for also a, another young quarterback? Two of these two of these teams we've talked about are very young quarterbacks. Uh, obviously love's been the league longer, but this is his first year as the starter. Mm-hmm. Stroud, three weeks in, he's got the third most passing yards for a rookie ever. And a lot of that has to do with Tank Dell, especially this week, putting a buck 45. He's 76, 77% of the time he's lined up wide. Only 29% he's in the slot. 21 targets, 15 receptions, uh, 251 yards, and average yards per reception, 16.7. They're trying to make sure that everything that they need out of tank later in the season, they're getting out the kinks earlier on. Have them plan out wide. See, 
can he block? They just don't have him in on on pass plays. They have him in on run plays as well. He's still, you know, he's still young. He's still young. He's figuring out uh, how to get his leverage uh, in the run game, how to get his leverage in the pass game. He's been doing some cool stuff that I, I, I really like seeing out of him. Um, you can see he's getting gaining more and more confidence, right? Busted coverage is busted coverage. Not knocking him. I'm just saying busted coverage. He caught the hardest catch in football. The hardest catch in football isn't when somebody's draped over you. It's when nobody's around, the ball is coming, and it's just you. Your mind can play some tricks on you, and you can just start to... So he caught it, scored. It was awesome to see. So I guess what... um, Stash? I don't know. (laughs) Is that... I mean, this this is it was a strange game. Stroud wasn't really hit, despite the fact the Texans line has been decimated with injuries this season. So yeah. can can you expect him to have that much time on a week to week basis? Probably not. And that you would assume would affect all of the wide receivers' targets on that team. Nico Collins is kind of having a year three breakout opposite of Tank Dell, and I'm sure it helps both of them uh, if if each of them keeps progressing the way the way people assume. So yeah, I. I think from a week-to-week basis, kind of play it on the matchup. Depends on who they're playing. Try and try and guess that way because, I yeah, I don't I, – I have no read on this Texans offense so far. Damian Pierce hasn't been able to get anything going, again, because of the line. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily trust the Texans yet. Yeah, so I, I, I really like these guys. I, I The offense is up and down. It's going to be week-to-week. But you can see that uh, – once everything starts to come 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 around, it's gonna be fun to see how much of how much of a step as the game as the season goes that Tank Dell, CJ Stroud, and this offense can really go if the offensive line tightens up a little bit and, and right. gives them enough time that they can actually start to draw up some razzle dazzle plays. Here in Carolina, people are hot as fish grease. I'm talking scolding. When disappointment sets in for a football fan, bro, it becomes complain university. Mm -hmm. The reviews are ridiculous. The complaining is mounting up from, I don't like how long in, in, Seat uh, 452 is uh, 1,700 steps away from my seat to the restroom. I mean, the complaints of the structure, everything. It's just Pandora's complaining box is wide open. Mm -hmm. And then the broadcaster, you're watching the games, and now everybody's a coach. Now everybody knows what's going to happen, and they know what to do. There's been some controversy. There's been some statements. Oh, is do we have a quarterback controversy in Carolina? No, we don't have a quarterback controversy in Carolina. What we have is a quarterback quarterback difference in Carolina. I'm watching a game and I'm going, these plays look awful different <laughs> compared to when Bryce was in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just watching the game, and then I said, you know what, I'm not – I opened up with all the complaints. 
I'm not going to be a complainer. And I'm not complaining. Give you an observation. It's not that it's looking differently and I'm nitpicking. It looks differently because it is different. I'm not drawing a conclusion to say that there's a there's this big old plan to undermine anyone. I'm just making a point that what I saw in the football game and what and what I was thinking, I'm like, I'm not off. They just seem to move the ball differently. And maybe it's because one guy's a veteran, one guy's a rookie. They're, they mm. all are different. That's true. But the offensive drive killing penalties or mistakes at the offensive line or drops by the wide receiver, there is separ- there's not a separation issue. My humble opinion is there are different routes being ran by the wide receivers when Bryce is in the game in the first two games Mm -hmm. compared to they didn't have DJ Chark. Right. But in the second game, they still didn't attempt enough deep passes early in the game to get the heel, to get the corner to believe I can beat you deep. When you can get a corner that he knows, hey, when I got beat, I did this and that, they're going to do that again. Mm-hmm. So you, that information is always key. It is if the pass game is like, is like your lawn, is a living, breathing organism that changes at the drop of a quarter. First quarter, it could be blossoming. Second quarter, it could be dead and dormant. Did you watch the Panthers game? I saw some of the second half. I didn't watch the whole thing front to back. Uh, I, I kept this this Sunday, much like the previous two Sundays, I was trying to find a game that was even a little interesting, and it's been hard thus far. It's really? been really hard. Yeah, I don't think it's been the best season. I think some of it's been matchup dependent. Um, and I don't know that we've gotten a ton of good ones yet. And like I watched Patriots Jets, they were attempting football. I don't know how successful either team was uh, at pulling it off. It was they were they were out there like it. It really that game shows the stranglehold the NFL has on the American public because I know millions of people spent three and a half hours of their day watching every second of Jets Patriots. Where they could have been doing any, could have been doing charity work, could have been at the soup kitchen, could have been cleaning up the gutters. Nope. Some 15-10 ball is, is how I spent, spent my afternoon. Uh, and it's it's kind of the exact same game they played last year where a kick return was the only t- offensive touchdown scored. Now we were blessed with two offensive touchdowns. Neither of them really earned. One was busted coverage to a third-string tight end. Uh, that was Farrell Brown with the Patriots. The other one was a uh, pass interference flop in the end zone. That got the Jets to the one-yard line. The only time either team was in the red zone all game long. Uh, and then they punched it in with their fullback. So fullback and third-string tight end were the two touchdown scorers in this game. I'm sure Bill Belichick loved every second of that. I did not. It's a struggle watching Zach Wilson. <laughs> it sure is. It is a struggle. My man feet is havoc. He has no ability to anticipate throws. He doesn't throw on rhythm. He doesn't no. go through his progressions. 
The offense is a shell of themselves. You just can't. And, and running the football, to run the football, why have you abandoned running the football when your quarterback has repeatedly shown you drop pass, drop back pass after drop back pass that he cannot will not and lastly shall not go through <laughs> his progressions adequately fast enough fundamentally or just flat out do it i don't know what their longest run of the game was it may have been eight yards i don't know that they broke double digit yards on a run but it's kind of like what you were talking about with the panthers when when a team's not going to throw deep which the Patriots were not worried about for one second on Sunday. Even if they could, <laughs> Zach Wilson could not read the defense to do it. For sure, for sure. But oh it's like the pa- Patriots defense was just like, go ahead and run it. We will be in the backfield. We're ready. Like the off- the Jets offensive line, I thought it was fine. Like, like Zach had plenty of time. I think he was only sacked three times. One, of course, was a safety, but... The Jets' offensive line played, the, I think, their best game of the season, which, again, not some high praise. They've been bad this year. But they, they were fine this game. And I think a lot of that was Bill being like, listen, go ahead. Have your have as much time as you want back there. I know you don't know what you're looking at. I know you're not going to be able to get the ball to anyone. And Garrett, like, their receiver core, fine for Aaron Rodgers. Without Aaron Rodgers, it really is Garrett Wilson and no one extra special. Uh, so that's where it's, it's truly a team built for not Zach Wilson. So when Zach Wilson's out there, it's like, we know you have one truly explosive player here and we can't, you can't get him the ball, especially because Christian Gonzalez has stepped in and played, assume this CB one role a lot easier than I anticipated when we went over his tape, uh, at Oregon last year. I remember Michael Wilson gave him some some trouble. There were a couple. And you know other who else gave some trouble? Let me shout him out. Since you know Atlanta Falcons fan, if you go <laughs> back London. and look at that film, Drake London gave him that <laughs> work. <laughs> I'm talking about work, though. And that was two years ago when he was at Colorado. So you can yeah, when see when he was at Colorado and Drake was at uh, USC. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And you can see. I mean, see that brother where... should have been. He, that brother should have been brought up on charges. That's how bad he assaulted him. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Christian Gonzalez has allowed receivers to get open, per Next Gen's definition of open, 23.1% of the time in man coverage snaps. For reference, Sauce Gardner and Marshawn Lattimore, two really good corners, I think we would both agree with, uh, have a have both allowed 33.3% open rates among corners with 30-plus man coverage snaps. So Christian Gonzalez has come in. He hasn't played He hasn't played bums now. He played no, he's not. A.J. He, he's Brown, Devonta Smith, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and now Garrett Well, It looked like there were a couple of plays. Obviously, Zach Wilson had no idea Garrett Wilson was on the field. So Garrett Wilson was out there just getting his – Getting his reps in, he was running his routes, hey, and they would, Garrett Wilson they would had, show it. Hey, Garrett Wilson had his Fitbit on. He's like, "Man, I'm gonna get these seventeen today." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm at least gonna get some exercise, keep my lungs ready. Hey, hey that boy's uh, over there. Yep, 
mm-hmm, 10,000 steps today. <laughs> but in those routes, like he's still running them like a professional. He came into the league uh, a professional route runner. He continues to be a professional route runner. Christian Gonzalez was kind of mirroring every move he's had. So he did, I, he did a good job. Based on everything I've seen, obviously this wasn't his toughest test based on the quarterback not even attempting to get it into tight windows. Based on what I've seen, tremendous, tremendous addition to a defense. Keon White's wreaked a lot of havoc up front. He's been tremendous. I just really enjoy this defense. People are getting on him for allowing even a single touchdown to this team. Again, I can't be – they give up a touchdown a week. Like if if that's what the offense – if the offense can't build off that – then what are we talking about? Hey, the people who've been complaining about this defense for three years have completely missed the point about what's wrong with the Patriots. You know, there's some rumbling that there's a possibility that that Kirk Cousins may be on the block, that, that he can land with the Jets. Can I just say something about Kirk Cousins? Let's hear it. I don't know why Kirk Cousins keeps getting blamed for all the problems for Minnesota. Kirk Cousins has a quarterback rating of 1. Uh, 108. Kirk Cousins has, through three weeks, 1,000 yards passing. The last time I checked, Kirk Cousins plays c- quarterback, not cornerback. Is that correct? Quarterback, not cornerback. He doesn't play O-line, does he? No. I've read some things that, oh, Kirk Cousins didn't show up. Kirk Cousins is delivering the football. Kirk Cousins did not decide to blitz Justin Herbert on 80% of his drop back passes. Kirk Cousins is upset that he's getting blitzed on all his drop back passes. But Kirk Cousins did not call every single play. If Kirk Cousins goes to the New York Jets, I, I think that's a great call because Zach Wilson ain't helping. And the fact no. that the fact that Robert Silas keeps saying we're sticking with our guy. Here's my question: Why he ain't your guy, and why you're sticking with him? Well, the other options, and it's like Carson Wentz is like outside the stadium, Man, like knocking Wentz. on the door, and that's Man, Carson, to me. Yeah, Carson I'd rather Wentz. play Zach Wilson. <laughs> Ooh, really? What What's the benefit to bringing in Carson? Like Zach Wilson's not going to get better. Like, of no, course, he's not going to yes. get better. And and Carson Wentz is not going to make you better either. Right. You're already paying him. Why pay two Zach Wilsons is my question. Why I, why I, bring in the same guy? Uh, I, Matt I, Ryan I, I, also. And, like, Matt Ryan was really good. Like, Hall of Fame caliber career. He was really good. And then he you see him last really year, good. and it was just like. He was really good. Right. Was. Yeah. That's the key word. So that's where it's like, yeah. I, I mean, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson thinks he's at the beginning of like a, a, a Disney Channel movie where it's just like, if we just believe, the power of belief will make Zach Wilson not suck as bad. Every week he's got a new t-shirt they put on the whole team. He's like, we're going to back our guy. And it's like, you could you could do anything short of having like a six-man type situation where there's a little ghost out there controlling where the ball goes. Like, I, there's nothing that's going to change him there. 
for me, Kirk Cousins like doesn't worry me in the slightest as, as not a Jets fan, as, another, as a fan of another team in the division, because even if Minnesota's defense is no good, which I agree with, Kirk Cousins got the ball on his on the 25 last week after Brandon Staley, for some reason, goes for it on fourth down in his own territory. Yeah. And then two plays later, he's throwing the ball to Kenneth Murray, who I think that's the first time Kenneth Murray's ever touched a football. He's not an interception guy. And it's because Kirk Cousins rushes. He gets he gets caught up in the moment instead of just playing okay. it out. Okay. Why is he rushing? I can't speak for that. I can't. I don't know. He's rushing, but it wasn't even rushing. He's he's letting the, the the clock tick down, and then he rushes up to the line to call a play. And it's just like, where it, it could be coaching. It very well could be coaching. But someone if you look gives at, him the, someone gives him the play, and then you react off of the play. But they're also in two minute drill, which I I don't I've never been to a Vikings practice. Maybe they don't practice two minute. I assume most teams do though. Yes, but in that two minute, you still have to get the. They still have to give you the play or give you the instructions of what are we operating out of two minute hurry up hand signal words tells everybody what to do or the coach is telling me in my ear and then I tell everybody what to do. You have the green dot. Not everybody else has the microphone, so we don't know what's going on. But to hang Kirk Cousins out. Like, it's all on him. Like, he's blocking for himself. He's throwing it to himself. He's playing defense for the team. I just don't get the whole, it's all Kirk Cousins' fault. But Kirk Cousins out there, I think he's doing pretty good. Yeah, I don't think it's all his fault, but it's also, it's year one. It's year 11. Let me say this. I've been wanting, Kirk Cousins, he's the black cousin. He gets blamed for everything. It's always Kirk Cousins' fault. I think that's because it's year 11 and, and eventually you are who you are. And yes. I think, he's, okay, I'm looking at this stat. Kirk Cousins he's a has very a good what? quarterback. 8,000 yards. 6, oh, 6,000 yards. 6,018 yards. 51 touchdowns. Nine interceptions. Nine. And he's, he's 0 and 17. He's 0-17. And what? What's the this coming season? This coming season, he's 0-17. Oh, that's what he's projected to be. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. That was, all right. But, but, but I don't know what but, those numbers were referencing. Yeah, that's, I'm just talking about. But Kirk Cousins gets blamed for everything. Well, he's it's, on it's pace also for 51 touchdowns, and Kirk Cousins. I'll take 51 touchdowns here in Carolina. For sure. I can understand that. 6,000 like, yards? I'll take 6,000 yards in Carolina. Last year, I think they were 11-0 no, in one-possession games. Don't, no, listen. Last year, I believe like, they were – well, last year they made the playoffs with a, a, a negative point differential and yes. promptly lost and to who, the Giants. And whose fault was that? Whose fault was – it was Kirk Cousins' fault. No, everyone got on the play call for having uh, uh, TJ Hawkinson run behind the line of scrimmage with the season on. That's Kirk Cousins' fault. That was Kirk Cousins. Kirk ran it. Man, it's not, bro. I just don't get it. Everybody keep talking about Kirk Cousins like Kirk Cousins is. Y'all make this seem like Kirk Cousins on the San Francisco 49ers, the old 80s team. He's playing with Roger Craig, uh, Ricky Waters. 
uh, Jay Rice, T.O., John Taylor. Man, that is not the case, bro. They've regressed to the mean as a team in terms of their luck in one possession games. It's an unsustainable way to compete yeah. in this league. You can't constantly and why, find and yourself. why, though? Why? I think the, the whole team's defense, flawed, including the him. Whole te- the whole team, the defense. Yeah, the defense has been bad for you. I mean, they've drafted first round corner after first round corner. Who don't, I won't even use a word that I want to use. Their their corners don't even reach the end of their rookie deals because they either get cut or arrested. They like they should they, not. They, they they have not done a good job. Do not. Yeah, they've done a really bad job addressing all really of their bad? defensive problems. Is that what you're calling it? Really bad. Uh, terrible. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, I can't even say what I'm thinking is so disrespectful. So I'm not even going to say. All fair. All fair. If I have a a teammate who cannot dunk, who cannot dribble, why do I keep passing him the ball, playing a team that traps? Stop throwing him lobs, yeah, <laughs> or throw him lobs. You know, cotton picking well. He can't touch the rim. Why are you lobbing it to him? But I, he like, has we, shown you, he cannot dunk, will not dunk, shall not dunk. But yet, you keep giving him the NBA jam. You are you on NBA jam, and then lob it up and get mad because when he catch it. He, he over there doing a finger roll. At the bottom of the room, yeah. <laughs> yes. But you're talking about the Jets, too. If, if he's a guy you don't think can perform under pressure, you think that offensive line's the one that's going to keep him upright? I don't think so. Bro, I didn't say it was a foolproof, realistic, great point. <laughs> I just was expressing if that could happen, I think it would be cool. How about that? Well, if I'm also the Jets, I don't have a second-round pick because I traded that for Rodgers. I'm not going to trade a first for Kirk Cousins because right now I could just go get Caleb. Like, my team's young. I, if I'm the Jets right now, I have a young team. Why not just, like, yeah, this season's a lot. It was, this here's season- why, though. You have such an elite defense that can help you, that puts you on the precipice of having a deep run in the playoffs. That defense is elite. But you got to have some kind of offensive firepower to get those guys off the field. And your quarterback, your quarterback is chipping away at your defense. When you have players on the field that long, that that much on the field, so early into the season, you are, you cannot expect somebody to come up with some kind of injury because they are playing so many plays. Think about it. Can you imagine if the Denver Broncos continue on this trend of defensive plays? They had a hundred, a hundred plays ran on them. Mm -hmm. So if you have a hundred this week, uh, let's say 76 or 80 last week, and the same thing, bro, that's like three, that's a full year of plays in the first three weeks. Right. Like, bro, that's not – that ain't good. No, no, it definitely isn't. And you never want to just punt a season because you never know what could happen. But if I'm looking at it long term, all of my key players are second, third year guys. Like, they're going to be here a while, theoretically. And the best late – you're right. The best late plans never work out how you want them to. 
their best laid plans were trade for Aaron Rodgers. So the plan A already didn't work. Plan B, I could very well see them in the mix for one of these top couple of picks. You could get that next young quarterback to grow with this team. That's where it's like, do I want to trade another asset? Because here's what happens. You start trading these assets, you end up like the Rams. You end up like the Rams where now you have no youth coming in. You have none of these next guys because you traded all your picks just for a patchwork team. And Kirk Cousins isn't the difference between the Super Bowl or not. Like he's a guy who can get you to the playoffs and then lose in the he first put, round. He gives you a better chance than Zach Wilson. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> There's no doubt. But Zach Wilson gives you a better chance to get that number one overall pick. I don't like that. That's a hard sell in the locker room. I understand that the guy. That's where it's like teams don't tank front offices do, but that's where the front. The teams also can't trade. Like Garrett Wilson can't trade a first round pick for Kirk Cousins. Only the GM can do that. That's where the GM has to be. I'm I'm saying I do not believe that that is the concept. They want to win. They do not want to be. Well, we you know next year. It's week three. Talking about next year. No, I get it. I definitely get it. Basketball. Can't be talking about, well, next year. Yeah, we got a good recruiting class. Yeah, you yeah, can. Hey, I get man, it. Hey, can't wait till basketball season start. Like, you can't I be doing it. that, man. I get the players don't want to hear that. I fully understand. The front office probably doesn't want to be like, we're going in an extra half with no first or second. We get a hit on our third, and we still probably aren't going to win anything. We're just going to be more competitive. That's where I'd rather sign Matt Ryan. Like, all right, that keeps everyone in the locker room happy because it's still better than Zach Wilson, until, and we didn't give up any actual. up and, st- and starts making mistakes. I'm telling you, man, it, it got to be somebody that can move the needle. It got so it has to be somebody that can take take that offense longer than check down Charlie. Man, the sack and the safety he took, there was a there were guys open. He was oh, already yeah. he was already set to run. He, he was like he was like, look, first read, second read, third read. Man, he said first read. Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> he did not go through his progression. Four Jets fans, I would say what a lot of you guys are thinking and feeling. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. All right. Um, talking about they're used to it. Luckily, they're used to it. This is nothing new for the Jets. <laughs> Here's a guy that you need to pay attention to. I don't mention it, just a guy highlighting the rookies, Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims statistically is gaining more yards than their starters. They have a guy who they believe he can play. I don't know what Marvin Mims did at Oklahoma, but I do not remember him playing kickoff and punt return. I do not. But he had a 99-yard return. And why is that important? You talk about, we're talking about Quentin and A-Chain, situational situational football players, circumstances come in. Marvin Mims is showing you he has big playability. They're like, hey, we also got all these other guys. We, yo, it's 40, there's 53 men on the roster, only 46 or 47, the emergency quarterback thing. 46 guys can dress. And depending on the groups, some some groups have seven wide receivers. Some groups have four wide receivers that are only dressed. I'm guessing Mims is the fifth or sixth wide receiver, but he plays on special teams. So now you have him as a punt return, kickoff return. So he is, out of the 46 guys that are dressed, he now has... 
dual, he has dual position or three, four positions. He plays some parts of the wide receiver, kickoff return, pump return. And so now, out of the 46 dress, you know you got some guys who have multiple roles. Sean Payton believes that this guy can play, so they're having him in different positions to display it, and I would anticipate and expect. The 15 snaps he's gotten so far, 15 and 16 snaps, that it will increase. Because if he takes the ball at 99 yards, how about give him the ball in route running, get him in space and see if he could display that same speed, that same big play ability that he's displaying on special teams. He can has. He has the opportunities they've given him. Yeah. Uh, which has been very few and far between. But as bad as the Broncos' start has been, it's hard to say it's been on Russ. Russ has looked better so far this year. Now it hasn't turned in, it hasn't shown up in the record. But it, like they put up 20. Last year, we repeated the stat every week. As long as the Broncos scored more than 17, those would have been wins. Now, last year, they weren't giving up 70 points. But the offense has looked much better, and if Ross can still do one thing, it is chuck it deep. He is your best deep ball receiver. He is also, I believe, the youngest player in football. So it's been wild to see him kind of step in and have an immediate impact when his number has been called. Listen to this. Mims has seven catches and five kickoff returns this year. Okay? 99 yards, 60 yards. 53 yards. Then his reception, 45, 38, 30, 30, 25. He has the longest game thus far out of any Bronco consistently out of three weeks. So we're, we're, we're talking about young wide receivers, and there's a couple of receivers. Really, it started years ago with – a Hall of Fame receiver, Julio Jones. And my co-host Tyler from Troy Withers Show pointed this out. It was like, man, Julio's Julio's nice, but he's not scoring a ton of touchdowns. And then I'm watching Justin Jefferson's career. A lot of catches. Not finding the end zone a lot. He got one this week, but the week before, even he gets an inch away, fumbles through the back of the end zone, Chris Olave, C.D. Lamb, Puka Nakua, top three this year, yards without a touchdown yet. So I wanted to ask you, Agent 89, a man who had 89 career touchdowns, how difficult is it truly to fool 89 kick return and reception touchdowns? But you found pay dirt 89 times, 89 for 89. Love that stat about you. But what what is so difficult? I learned something. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds I don't like sit at a... home and look at my stats. So I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was pretty nice. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> how difficult truly is it to find the end zone, to get in that, that 10-yard rectangle at the end of uh, each, each side of the field? That's such a complicated answer because there's so many different elements. You look at teams get in a red zone, Defenses because dense, they play a lot of zone. It's so complicated because it's such a smaller area. 
And it almost seems like coordinators get in their mind. We One, we either got to spread everybody out and find a zone and throw it or deliberately run a particular play, sprint right, sprint left, something that gets the defense moving. Or it's literally some kind of play action, double move, a lot of window dressing that in the red zone compared to in the field, in the field it's all about timing. Mm. In the red zone, timing is disrupted so much with the zone and penetration and games running that it's, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Very rarely are you seeing passes being thrown 10 and under in the red zone. You kind of got to get in that fringe 15, 20, and 30 for you to Mm. really get. That's where they go for the gusto and go for a touchdown. It just doesn't happen, man. You're running it. The percentages, that's where the analytics come in. The percentages go way down. And, and and it becomes difficult for wide receivers. You that's why it's such a it's such a celebration when guys have 10 plus touchdowns because sure. it's so hard to do it. But yet 10 plus touchdowns for a running back, a starting running back, man, easy. Mm-hmm. That's why a receiver catching a touchdown especially in the red zone, it's, it's so rare. Like having a running back spring a 70-yard run for a touchdown. The game, it's just so competitive, and there's so many good p- football players. You just don't have it. That's why it's, right. such, a, that's why it's such a great game. Yeah, there are just some guys. I mean, Tyreek, he can score from anywhere on the field, obviously. But the, but uh, it's that offense. That offense yeah, of helps. course. Of course. And it, but it's like, and I know it's a tight end, but when Mahomes gets anywhere near the red zone, oh, he, no it, one, he, he seems to just be like, let me just yeah. – that's what I mean. He's like, st- he's like, let me just feed my best guy. And that's where it seems like some teams just overcomplicate that. Now I understand tight end, he's operating a different part of the field. They're going to pitch it to him sometimes. It's different. But when I think of Devontae Adams, he's consistently a guy who finds pay dirt from everywhere. Yeah. And I know he's probably the best in the league. Not with Jimmy, though. Not with Jimmy. <laughs> uh, let's go with this one. George Pickett. Love him. Do we have that video? Man, look at this video. I don't know what the hell George Pickens would think. But, son, this is unacceptable. You know what we're going to call this segment? Oh, hell no. <laughs> what? what is he thinking? Okay, you got a good little play right here. Look at it. Kenny Pickens is going. George Pickens, he says, you know what? I got you. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't understand what you were thinking and why you even think that's acceptable. <laughs> Who are you going to hit? And then watch I yow. <laughs> Look, his back hurt. He got up and his back was hurt. He went to, he was like, oh. Listen, I, I, I watched this play. I see a good teammate. 
I see a guy trying to get in the mix. He sees his other teammate. He's got the block downfield. He said, how can I help? How can I help in this situation? A clear penalty blocking backwards towards the line of scrimmage. Uncalled because he really didn't make contact with anyone with this judo backflip kick he attempted. (laughs) Yeah! Hey, the best part is you know for a second he was like, which one? Which one? Which one? Yeah, 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 I got you. Look. Yow! Well, watch when he gets up. Look, he's like, (laughs) 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 didn't even the other guy didn't even trip. Like, oh, Oh, hell no. (laughs) This is this play is the exact reason why I like George Pickens because there's something something different going on up here with him that I need in my locker room, that I need on my football field. Yeah, there's something different going on. (laughs) Man, that elevator going to all them floors. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not on this floor. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. When I saw it, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I saw that, I said, that boy. Wait till I see him. <laughs> I, wait, wait till I see him. Oh boy. What's well, good? So yeah, let's break down. That definitely comes up. They're watching film today, yesterday, or whatever. Is that the first play the wide receiver coach pulls up? It has to be. That everybody's bringing that up. You you will not go through the day without that being shown in front of the team. Is everyone laughing, especially because it's a win? Is everybody laughing or is coach like, what the hell's well, wrong with the you? The win helps <laughs> emphasize right. how terrible it is. <laughs> in a loss, you probably maybe oh, just talk God. about it in the offense or with the receiver's coach, offense right. corner receiver's coach. But with a win, oh, it is that clip <laughs> is running on Wednesday or Monday, whenever. They're running that clip right there. You got to run that clip because it's a win. So everybody's feeling good. So you can you can talk about this in a healthy way, but you got to clown them though too because, bro, yeah. And what makes it worse, he hit no one. Nothing. And how hard <laughs> he fell. <laughs> There's no like we love the effort. We, we love that you're no. trying something new. <laughs> Week three in the book. Season's flying by. Feels like it just started. We're already looking at week four. No, it 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 is not flying by. This thing is <laughs> this thing going at a greyhound pace. We've been in traffic for three hours. We went three miles. That baby screaming. Yep, baby screaming. <laughs> AC broke. Oh goodness gracious. Yep, navigation system went out. Gas gas tank. <laughs> Meter, you don't know if I got a third, a half, or a full. The only good thing is I filled it up last night, babe, so we good. <laughs> if nobody got me, I know upstairs got me. We're going to get there one way or the other. Yes, sir. Hey, I'm Steve Smith, Sayer. Coley Mick. This is Cut to It.